folks, uh, before we go on, I just want to check on some sports stats. You know, keep myself sharp here on the sports, and I'll use my computer and just go in here. And I'm going to check. Okay. Too much dip. My name is Dave. It's Monday. No, it's not. It's Tuesday. What an idiot. Classic. Uh, special remote edition. We've got Dave with a sleeping child upstairs who's uh, right in the midst of a uh, four-month leap. How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, pretty good. I missed last week. Uh, missed your handsome faces. Uh, very happy to be back. Not in the stew, unfortunately, so I have to see KJ, virtually, Dave, I saw your handsome face this morning. But, look, it's good to be back. The sports are kind of hot right now. I'm ready to talk about them. I'm just happy to be here. I'll just I'll say that much. Uh, the last few days have, uh, have been less than ideal for your boy. Between uh, having an 11-month-old with the bronchiolitis that he absolutely has no time for, uh, and then just being absolutely down bad by uh, – Buying into uh, a, a new fad a little too aggressively. Um, you guys heard of trading cards before? You know, baseball cards, football cards. It's a, it's a new thing. Oh, I was right? a big, big baseball card kid. So, yeah, yeah, I think I've heard of it. Well, I might have an investment opportunity that could interest you if you have uh, if you've ever heard of this guy, Trevor Lawrence, uh, if you will. Uh, a new wave, aside from we've talked about Top Shot in the past, all these NFTs and whatnot, but a new wave for actual physical trading cards like they are just as popular as ever right now and uh <clears throat> big producers panini and whatnot it is a uh absolute <clears throat> tear in that market to where people are paying like thousands of dollars for the boxes and because normal people aren't going out and paying thousands of dollars what they'll do is they will auction off each team within the league so i bid on the Jacksonville jaguars yeah. In this break. That bid, uh, you know, it could be a very nice vehicle's car payment for uh, my portion of this, like, set of 10 different boxes of cards with the hopes that maybe what I'll get are you doing? an autographed uh, world? Trevor Lawrence or maybe Travis Etienne. Now that you mentioned that, I did see a video hit the TL this morning of a bunch of grown men waiting outside of a Walmart, mm-hmm. maybe a Target, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, as the store I saw opened, this. and it was it was akin to Black Friday. One hundred percent. They just like s- sprinted to the trading card aisle and loaded up on cards. So yep. it's all making much more sense now. Not I only didn't know this was a, a thing. I didn't know they're coming back like that. Yeah, not only for the sports cards, but Pokemon cards apparently have a huge market right now too. And uh, I'll just put it this way: while I did win, uh, or you know. I've got a, a good dozen or so cards coming my way. There aren't any that are, you know, in the three digi or four digi that would have made my night worthwhile. So uh, uh, your boy might have taken a little bath over the weekend in the card market. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get anything for my 1989 upper deck entire uh, MLB collection that's uh, still in the plastic and unopened? I don't know. I mean, who was a rookie in 89? I don't know. Probably. I, still, uh, I have it. I definitely have it, though. <laughs> I, think, I think it's worth looking into. Who was it? Maybe. That's a good guess. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, that yeah. market is uh, fully back. I've got old coworkers who are 
who've like left our industry to go start up like trading card shops. It's, it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, that's top of mind because uh, boy is a, I might grab some hot dogs for lunch. That's how down bad I am over the last couple of days. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, guys, if you haven't already done so, please follow Too Much Dip on Twitter. That's Dip with two Ps. Too Much Dip Podcast on Instagram. Also check out Meat Smokers Only on Instagram. We'll uh, we'll get that up and running. It's uh, about to be grill season, but we're kind of in a wet weather pattern here in the uh, central and north Texas area, and it's just, it's just really killing my Traeger game. Be completely honest with y'all you know i've got this electrics you know electricity setup i'm running into to where i just have nowhere to plug in my traeger so you know even if it were dry outside your boy couldn't get a smoke off if, if you guys see i i added um what's called a personal note by dylan um on the uh, the rundown here that's actually about my traeger so oh, i need to share shit. some news i'm ready to share some news i fired up the traeger for the first time i had to run an extension cord through a window in the, the back of my house to, uh, to get power to it. Nothing crazy. I just did some, uh, some fajita chicken. Uh, everything went well. I, have, I think I've figured the thing out. And I'm going to jump right in, and very soon I will be doing a brisket, and I will keep you updated. I'm going to jump right in. Big, Mama, big boy me. He's there back. He goes. That's right. I'm and looking forward to it. You're the only one with like a real track record of success on an actual smoker amongst the three of us. So uh, we get some good weather. Uh, smoke season will be back upon us. Yeah, I'll keep you all updated. Wow, I can't believe he's already calling for the meat smokers only takeover. <laughs> smoke some a lot of, exactly. A lot, of people, a lot of people want it. I think that'll be good. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. Weather, the weather forecast just looks terrible. I'm not even it's looking at it. Yeah. So I, I just can't commit to buying like a, a fifty dollar piece of meat, and then uh, only to have it, you know, delay having to delay it a couple of days and wondering if I should freeze it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's well, just it's tough, man. Last note Problems. on 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 uh, the smoke segment here. Actual news of value, I would say to the listeners. You may have seen the headline that uh, I believe the company is called JBS is a meat production company. I believe uh, the fifth largest meat com- production company in the U.S., or maybe they produce like, I don't know, 12% of the beef and pork in the country. Well, they fell victim to uh, a similar hack to what that uh, gas pipeline company did. So, And that shut down about a quarter of their production. Long story short, expect some upticks when it comes to uh, beef and poultry prices or beef and pork prices in the short term. So, mm. you know, maybe uh, go ahead and smash that brisket buzz- button and throw it in the freezer if you're not going to get on it this week. I'm in the market, by the way. This is meat adjacent, but I'm in the market for a, a freezer for my garage. Okay. Just a straight-up meat freezer. I don't know if that's a God. Costco purchase, but mm-hmm. I think it might be. You're better off this year than last year. It took me seven months to find one last year, and we were looking for, like, breast milk purposes. This dude's been a dad for four months. He's already looking for a, a meat cooler, a meat freezer. Look at this dude, guy, you should, Dude, we have stuff in our freezer I can't even get to because there's so much milk in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a, it's a necessity. I'm starting to put it in my smoothies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, come on. No one's doing that. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that. Hey, um, you know what? Since we're talking meat, let's just let's just talk about our good friends at Trough before we get into it. Are you guys okay? I think that's a great idea. Let's talk oh, about yeah, a mega dude. Trough scene here. 
Guys, truff, it's the official sauce of Too Much Dip. It's the original hot sauce blend with black truffles, ripe chilies, savory spices, and organic agave nectar. Right now, you can get 15% off site-wide, plus free shipping with promo code BANG at truff.com. It's T-R-U-F-F.com. Here's the thing about it. I've been doing a lot of the, uh, you know, the rotisserie chicken you buy uh, already cooked from the store. We've been doing those. like Yes, the Dan special. We've been doing those weekly. I've been tossing some truff on there, which I don't know if people are doing that or not, but it, mm, chef's kiss, big fan. It's it's a completely unique hot sauce. It's a classy hot sauce. It's a luxury hot sauce inspired by the elegance and indulgence of truffles, the style and swagger of streetwear culture meets the Instagram-centric lifestyle of food. KJ, you're a big truff guy. All in on the white truff sauce. It is probably top two or top three of all sauces of all kinds. Uh, period. And the others would include like, I don't know, fucking barbecue sauce as a general statement, but this is the only branded flavored sauce that I'll mix in anything. And I saw something the other day, truff is rolling out their truffle mayo. So your boy might be stepping into the aioli game, uh, here soon. It is, it is truff season right now. Yes. FCN, of course. Dylan, will you commit to, um, putting, uh, just putting truff all over your brisket before you smoke it or after. I don't know yeah, when you would do that. Uh, just douse that true thing. Story. I whipped up some eggs Sunday morning and had my sister and brother-in-law here. And uh, Kendall, my brother-in-law, he's been hearing us talk about truff so much that he's asked if he could put a little bit on his eggs. He's a big-time believer. I even, because I'm such a generous, nice guy, I hated to see it go. I sent him home with a bottle of his own. Ooh. Very happy man. Wow. I know. That's, I know. That's, that's kind big of guy baller. Yeah. So number one best-selling sauce on Amazon, the number one best-selling sauce on Whole Foods. You guys familiar with those two uh, places? 10,000-plus customer reviews. I mean, featured on Oprah's Favorite Things twice. It's it's fantastic. We enjoy it. Yep. The white truff, like KJ said, they've got a hotter one. It's got uh, extra jalapenos, red chili, and habanero, which I, I, I'll i be honest, I've been kind of scared of that one. I've been just going with the original. But maybe tonight I'm going to spice things up and try their hotter sauce. Again, that's 15% off site-wide if you go – oh, and free shipping if you go to truff.com and use promo code BANG. That's truff, T-R-U-F-F, F as in fantastic. Guys, you've been watching these NBA playoffs because I, I have. I have been, Dave. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I have been. In fact, KJ and I, uh, we, uh, we took in a little game Friday. I've seen a lot of KJ in recent days. Yeah. We went to uh, Mavs Clips Game 3. And let me tell you, that was quite the scene. I'll tell you this. From what I recall of the game, it was an excellent (laughs) environment. Uh, It was definitely the biggest crowd that I've been in in probably 15 months. The Mavs started off on a huge tear. I don't even know. Maybe they got up 15 early on. Uh, and they were just raining threes and being up 2-0 and your team comes out on fire like that, like you're invincible. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can stop you, uh, you know, except for one or two or three, uh, you know, hard seltzers of your favorite sort. Uh, but it was exciting. That with said, both Dave and I stayed in our seats and all of our items stayed within the distance of our person. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you for behaving. That's much. I had to. I had to keep KJ from rushing the court a couple times. (laughs) Um, You you tackle him before security could get to him. 
Yeah, I, 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 you know, luckily, luckily, I'm strong enough to keep KJ back. Um, the first eight minutes of that game, that was one of the most electric, most fun of times I've ever had at a sporting event. Because, like KJ said, they came out hot. Lucas scored like the first eight points for the Mavs. Uh, it was 30 to 11 at one point, and then they took uh, Luca out, and then the Clippers went on like a. I don't know if it was 12-0, 13-0 run, something, 14-2. Either way, they got right back into it, and you knew immediately, like, something ha- like something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it was uh, it was, it was was tough. I, I didn't feel – I'll be honest, after the first quarter, I did not feel good about it. I was I was, t- I was saying all the right <laughs> things, but it just didn't feel good. Um, but you know what? It was, I'm glad I went. It was so much fun. Shout out to the Mavs. Shout out to Machine. I mean, I'll Mavs say that be, real quick too, yeah. Mavs being up 2-0 and then jumping out to the early lead like we talked about. And now we're sitting at 2-2, two and two, Lucas Shoulder. Uh, how are we feeling? I mean, what, what's the confidence level like for both of you guys? I'll say this. Uh, going into the series, 99% of people here in the Dallas media market had picked the Clippers. There were ways and, and reasons that the Mavs would win the series and could win the series. And frankly, I thought Ty Lue was a big reason as to why the Mavs would be able to win this series. Um, the way that Kawhi and Paul George are both playing at this point, it, it doesn't uh, bode well um, in the long run. But if Luka... You know, uh, if if Luca plays even at eighty percent or above, I think they can pull it out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to uh, call it yet. Um, I know I don't know if you guys have watched any of the uh, Inside the NBA, any of the TNT crew, but Chuck has pronounced the Mavericks officially dead, so they won't win a, another game this series. <laughs> um, I think given with given how I think you give Luca two days to rest the neck. Um, the neck strain, whatever it is, the cervical strain. Um, I think he's going to be better. I think Rick will make some adjustments. But, dude, you got to give Ty Lue some props for yeah. going small, figuring out that that's the best way to attack the Mavs. And they're getting every shot that they want, mm-hmm. and unfortunately they're making them. And the Mavs hit like five threes the other night, something terrible. Like They're not a good team when they're not making double-digit threes. Um, they're getting basically nothing out of Porzingis. Like they have to shut the offense down to feed him, and it just seems out of whack. It it's just it's not looking good for the uh, Porzingis and Luca can coexist camp right now. But that being said, I mean, you just need a guy like Hardaway or yep. uh, Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi. One of those guys has to get hot from three, which they were in one in the first two games, and the Mavs are right there back in it. And I. I think this thing's going to go seven. I'm not ready to make a prediction yet. I think I said Mavs in seven early on. Actually, I said Mavs in four, which <laughs> as a joke, and then as the they Mavs were up 2-0 in like eight minutes in, I was like, dude, I'm going to have to cut that. We're going to have to cut that clip of me <laughs> predicting Mavs in four. And then it all came crashing down. Hot takes exposed. Uh, last thing on this game or just games in general, Dylan, I know you had a timeshare situation mm-hmm. with your courtside like finals appearance, but yeah. in your normal seat, and in playoff games in general, usually there's some sort of swag on the seats, which I think is awesome. You know, you get the paper that's folded into a noisemaker. We got a mask, a Mavericks mask, which came in handy for me because my mask I brought disappeared like within minutes of sitting in my seat. And then there was a T-shirt, very valuable T-shirt. I'm grateful that it made it back home with me somehow by the end of the night. But uh, where do you stand on uh, the free T-shirt, free towel situation at stadiums? Uh, 
give out? I mean, they're usually like a, a sponsored, like it'll say like Coca-Cola real big on the, on the back or something like that. And they're of the poorest quality possible. Um, so it's more just like a memento. Like, yes, I was at this game. Take it home, throw it in the closet to be reminded of the time you went to said game. But as far as, you know, wearing it around town, I, I don't see that happening. Um, it's like a T-shirt cannon thing, right? It's all yeah. just, <laughs> while, while it's cool and everybody like wants one, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna wear it, but you know it's a reminder of hey I was there. KJ, so I, don't you, I don't know if you remember this, KJ, but you know how you lost your mask in the first place, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. KJ, uh, KJ was trying to do the stealth shirt change, like sitting right there. So he was like, he how did you even do it? He pulled uh, it. He, he didn't want to peel off his sweater and yeah. be like shirtless guy at the Mavs game, which I completely understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I wore a Henley to the game because I thought it was going to be raining. So I wore a long sleeve black Henley thinking we were going to get torrential downpour. I didn't, didn't want to be wearing a jacket and a shirt or whatever. I figured that would transition well. Well, I was like, all right, well, here, here's a blue. It said XL shirt, you know, which is the range in which your boy typically shops. Had I had the knowledge and experience that Dylan is uh, apparently already equipped with, I would have thought twice before believing in that XL because I put it on. And, uh, you know, the air didn't leave this arena whenever the Clippers came back in the second quarter. The air left the arena once I put that, you know, suction cup of a shirt on my body for like the first five minutes of the game. It was, it was a pretty rough situation. I'm glad we were not like on NBA, on TNT type position. Great seats, but we were not going to be in any camera shots. <laughs> I do think it's cool when uh, an arena or a football stadium will put like all of the same color t-shirt on your seat and like everyone, like everyone that's mm -hmm. there actually buys in like a whiteout, for example, Miami, if you look out in the stand. Yeah. And everyone has a white t-shirt on. That's cool. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, those are, those are pretty sick. They need to go oversized across the board, like way oversized. I think they, Thought you they were, to. but they need to go like double, triple X because you need guys who are too cool to put it over their actual shirt to be able to toss it on for a little bit. Um, that's that's just my 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 hot take on uh, feeling a little constrained for the first quarter. <laughs> Dude, it uh, it dawned on me that um, so I immediately put mine on over my Mavericks T-shirt. It was way too large. It looked really stupid, but you know I had no problem doing it. I want to participate in the blue out, whatever. Um, it dawned on me like how much I don't care anymore because in years past, had I, I worn the free t-shirt, I would have taken it off immediately after the game. And cause we went to a little sports bar right mm -hmm. afterward. I would have been rolled it up and like tucked it into my, my jeans or my pants or whatever. Uh, but now I just wore it right to the sports bar and didn't think twice about it. Like didn't care how much of an uncool dad I look like. So that, yeah. that was, that's a nice feeling. You've reached a good point in life. No longer are you the guy at, uh, at uh, music festivals who refuses to like squat down when the everybody else in the crowd is like getting down and ready to like jump, you know, just, just buy in, buy in. Yeah. Like, like Dave of 2021 would have worn that oversized Arby's polo in Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, K KJ. Yeah. Did you at any point in the game and last note on the Mavs, yeah. did you at any point think that we were standing too much and that the people behind us hated us because we were, we were lower bowl. Uh -huh. Most people were standing. It was a electric, like at least in the first half, people were standing the entire time. 
but um, there were times where I turned around and they were trying to sit down and I could kind of feel that they were not too stoked about us standing up like every time, but well, if you'll recall, I had a guy who was no less than six foot eight to my right. So the last thing I was going <laughs> to do was sit down and be uh, at waist height for this gentleman, the entire game. So That's I was like standing true. with my heels against the chair to like, give me some extra, extra height for the rest of the game. So, so sorry for those people. Well, outside of the Mavs, uh, Lakers Sun series has been quite intriguing, I guess, because the sun started out kind of hot and took, took that first game, I believe. Um, but Anthony Davis going down after the Lakers went back up two one and Chris Paul coming back and playing really well. Are we worried about LeBron, uh, pulling this one out? Uh, yes, yes, I am. I'm very, I'm very excited. There's a lot of fun series, uh, Mavs included. Um, but yes, I, I don't, you know, my confidence level, level for the Lakers, I think, you know, a week ago was, was pretty high, but, uh, <laughs> Chris Paul, dude, um, uh, he's balling, man. That guy is something special as much as I hate to admit that. Agreed. Yeah. With, with the healthy AD, I think the, I think the Lakers pulled this one out. Um, I still think they have a chance, uh, LeBron's playing like I mean, he, that guy's just a freak. That the dunk he had the other night with the oh, kind yeah. of Superman let go of the rim was insane. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be close. I mean, it's gonna go seven for sure, and uh, we'll see. I, I'm I'm really pulling for LeBron. I, I want AD to get to get back out there and see them healthy, but um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not super confident in, in the Lakers taking it anymore. Yeah, I've seen so much magic from LeBron over the years where I would have the confidence in him to somehow be comfortable dropping a game to make sure it goes seven so that AD is ready for the next series and then like comfortably closing it out in the game seven, like to where it wasn't even close, but who knows? Um, Jazz have won three straight after dropping the first game without Donovan Mitchell, uh, which kind of sucks because the Grizzly the Grizz are so fun uh, to watch, but I'm very happy to see Mike Conley Jr. Uh, performing at a high level in the playoffs. That guy's dude. He was guy. big last night, man. <clears throat> Um, that's a fun series, even though, you know, it's three, one, but I can't tell you how happy I am to see the, uh, the Hawks up three, one over the Knicks. I, I truly don't like the Knicks. I know a lot of Mavs fans are, they hate the Hawks just because of the whole Trey Luca thing. And there's a lot of back and forth, uh, on who's better Trey or Luca. I don't hate Trey. I like Trey. And, uh, I don't know if y'all saw this. I put it in the rundown, mm-hmm. Clint Capella, Clint Capella, former Rockets. Great. Uh, now I think Harden wanted him out of Houston. That's part of the reason he's not on the Rockets anymore, but, uh, they moved him to Atlanta and, uh, he had some quotes said, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. So the Knicks are trying to play physical, but it's not working. They're trying to play tough, push our guys around and talk shit, but we can do that too. We're coming to your home to win this game and send you on vacation. And let me just say how, how much I love that. <laughs> That's so bold. I, lo- I I need a guy like that on my team in the middle of a series too. It's 3-1. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you've got the obvious advantage, but, like, dude, it's not over. The Knicks have underperformed, and, but the, the Hawks look really good. Trey looks really good. That's a fun team, and I wouldn't mind to see them uh, make a run here. Yeah, It's getting chippy out there between in this series, man. These guys are uh, – this team, these teams do not like each other. Fun to watch. Yeah, um, I, saw, I guess now we got to talk about speaking of chippiness. Oh, go ahead, Kate. I was just going to say, I saw zero of the Bucks Heat series, so I don't even know if we have any reason to waste any time on that. 
The, we don't. The heat didn't even show up. It was awful. Yeah, for the heat to be basically what the stars were this season, losing the finals, and I'm kind of ripping this from Bob Sturm a little bit, but losing the finals in the bubble last year in hockey and obviously in the NBA, uh, and then just completely lay an egg the following year. Obviously, the heat you know, crawled into the playoffs, but it, it's, it was embarrassing to see. Uh, and they had um, Goran Dragic back for this year, and he, they didn't have him last year when they made the finals. So uh, things aren't looking good out there in Miami. Where were you heading? No. Oh, I was just going to – I thought we could spend a few minutes kind of talking about uh, fandom. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. A lot has happened in the last week in the world of NBA fandom. Um, I think the first incident was because you okay you got most of these most of these franchises they're allowing fans back in um, some more than others obviously the Mavs were like fifteen sixteen thousand plus everywhere uh, that court. the camera wasn't by default basically the only only empty seats were just the three rows behind the bench <laughs> doesn't make any sense but I get it now because maybe they had like a uh, maybe they kind of realized that the fans can't handle it yeah. Uh, but like the first incident, I believe, was the popcorn on Russ. Mm-hmm. As Russ leaving, um, by the way, they held off uh, the sweep last night. Shout out to the Wizards. But like, you know, a few days ago, Russ is going out with an injury, walking through the tunnel, and somebody chunks popcorn at him. They have to, yeah. they have to add, like, multiple people have to restrain him. That is one dude you do not want running into the stands after you. I can promise you that. that that's the one dude you know you're going to get a reaction out of, too, which has maybe been why, why he was targeted. Uh, yeah, really unfortunate. And of course, Kyrie had the uh, looks like the water ball thrown at him. Luckily, he didn't hit him. We had the fan running out on the court. People just don't know how to behave, man. And historically, NBA fans, like, where do they rate as far as rowdiness among like all sports? You know, I mean, we have like the malice of the yeah. getting a drink thrown on uh, on uh, our test was the reason that that thing started, which almost happened to Kyrie. Um, I'm just worried about like other sports, college, for example, college football. I mean, I know that the, the, the fans aren't as on top of the field as they are on an NBA game, so they don't have as much access. But I don't know what this is going to say for the rest of the year. I think you have you got a good point there. Traditionally, I mean, NBA fans have had a reputation of heckling. I mean, you've got uh, mm-hmm. the other Russell Westbrook uh, gift that's out there, where his old white dude who like throwing the double birds at Russell Westbrook and he just kind of points out. I was like, this guy needs to fuck out of here. And you know, they oh, gladly yeah. got him out of here. And that guy was like 60 something. So Westbrook didn't interpret that as like, you know, aggression aside from like, this guy's an idiot. Um, but one of my favorite, and I probably should have cut the clip uh, was Isaiah uh, Thomas, not from the Pistons, but the old Denver Nuggets. Great. Um, and may still be on a roster somewhere, but I don't think so. But basically, he misses a free throw, and afterwards he has a fan throwing double birds and basically saying, F you, F you. And he waited till a timeout, and he goes into the stands. I think it was somebody who was kind of floor level, so kind of walked over to him and was like, what's your problem? And he's given the press con- or the locker room interview yeah. afterwards, and he goes, uh, so I asked him, you know, what's your problem? You know, first off, respect me as a man first, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I'm sorry, I just wanted a Frosty. Because apparently they got free frosties had he like hit both free throws. Uh, <laughs> so what's what's scary about NBA games is fans have such access mm-hmm. to the players. I mean, they sit court. They sit. There are some seats that are like actually next to players, like courtside. I mean, so. if they want to, you can run out there 
and before a security guard can stop you, you can actually get to the players. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty unique in uh, professional sports. I've always hated so, that. I, I get it, man. I mean, you, you know, it just takes one crazy fan to, you know, act up, and then you got a, a scene like like we've I mean, we've seen it before. So, I think I have like this. I had a theory. I was thinking last night after that dude ran out onto the court. And I guess he was, yeah, I guess he had a bet with somebody, I'm assuming, because he ran out and like touched the backboard and then he got spear tackled by that security guard. Great angle. I was thinking like the NBA, like I would almost rather, like, I feel like if you run out onto like a Major League Baseball um, field or an NFL field, the guys are like just, they don't give you the time of day. They're just like, dude, whatever, man. Like NFL, the guys are huge and they know like they don't have anything to worry about. But like running out to an NBA court, like that is where you are actually, we've seen it. Like we just referenced Malice in the Palace. Like somebody, you might get squared up on, dude. Like somebody yeah, I mean, it's such is a, not going to. Such a small, like yeah. tight environment, you know? Whereas you in baseball. Like, the other side of the court and back in, in six seconds. I mean, it's. You can cover a lot of ground pretty quick and get in access to these guys. So I would I would be on on high alert at times, man. The underrated part of or under discussed part of the Malice in the Palace is uh, Dallas Mavericks head coach Rick Carlisle on the sideline for uh, the Indiana Pacers for that game. And I don't yeah. know how often or how much how many interviews he's done for it. I'm sure he's done some, but it's just so funny thinking of him now. It's reasonably mild-mannered. He definitely loses his cool sometimes, but at this point in his career, it's way more chill. Uh, but I need to go back and see what he was doing in the middle of all of that. Um, yeah, it's it needs to stop. What, what bothers me almost more than the fans getting involved in the games the way that they have for the NBA is what happened to John Morant's parents, and that probably happens and goes unreported more frequently than what we see of the fans interacting on the court. And that was in Utah having a couple different fans heckling with some, not even racial undertones, but some overtly racist comments. I don't have the quotes here in front of me. And T. Morant, John Morant's dad, is my favorite type of sports parent. As John Morant called him, he's like, my, he was my original hater. When they asked uh, T. Morant, like, what'd you say to John Morant when he got 42? And he's like, I didn't say nothing when he got 42. He should have had 60. Like, I love that kind of you know sports parent, <laughs> jokingly so. But, like, you know that he's also the kind of guy in the crowd, like, probably with John Morant's jersey on and is willing to give and take with good fans. And there were apparently other fans in the crowd that were, I guess, uh, giving and taking in a positive manner, but, like, in a jovial, like, positive exchange and they stood in and were like, Hey, you got to cut that shit out to the people who were, you know, being ridiculous to team around. So you hate to see believe, that bullshit. I believe those fans have been banned for life as have like, obviously bottle guy, popcorn guy, season tickets revoked. Um, Good. But Utah, man, Utah just has a, already has a bad rep as does Boston. And that was kind of a storyline um, as far as their uh-huh. fandom. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that was that was really disappointing because man, some I can't of the clothes people were yelling unbelievable. at KJ. Like, I'm glad I, you I and I were. were the, the, do you remember the guys behind us? We're not. Like, they can't hear us on the court. Right, right. We're, we're, we're way up there. Some of the stuff the was just behind us were like they were kind of like half-assed, like, not even like talking to Paul George. I'm like, dude, he can't hear you. Like, 
It's so lame. I remember just like rolling my eyes. Like it was bad times. heckling too. It, it was so it, unnecessary. It wasn't even in a moment in which like you think like, Hey, they're shooting free throws. It's critical. You're trying to be a jackass. It was just like Paul George, cool cornrows or just something stupid. Yeah. I, I don't think it was like that, but it was just something that didn't land. Um, it was just lame and it was just dead air after they yelled it. And, and I don't want to, forget also apparently i don't know what came of the i didn't see the video so but trey young also apparently got spat at uh at oh, madison that's right. square garden yeah. so i don't want anybody in atlanta to be like you know we always shortchange them that's insane anyhow well, i mean where are you at if you are spitting on a dude i mean because you're you obviously have good seats if you're able to like get it anywhere in his vicinity and you just are like yeah i'm gonna you feel the need to spit on a guy and i think it was like game one or game two like game what two like, have we and learned he, nothing? He sped over 50 cent to get to, to get to Trey Young, by the way. He was sitting courtside, and the guy was sitting, I think, on the second row. Oh, not wow. that it makes any difference, but just interesting. That's what 50 probably gets for not being a spit over. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Let's uh, do that golf. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I think we can uh, close the book on the NBA. A lot's going to happen in the next week. Uh, we may have uh, – Mavs may be gone by next Monday. We'll see. Um, did you guys watch any of the Charles Schwab challenge at colonial known to many as colonial? I watched some, uh, on Sunday, the final round when speak was not really putting up much of a fight against, uh, Kokrak. Kokrak? Is that how you say it? Kokrak. Is that a name I should know? No. Um, He's had a good year. He's unless you watch golf every week, like he's not a name you're going to know. He's not a household name certainly, but um, he's kind of a fun guy. Like people like to make the game, the gambling jokes because he's like, I think he lives in Vegas and he's a poker player type. Um, but Spieth, Spieth had a absolute bag of nothing Sunday. I mean, it wasn't even that he had, he didn't have like one bad hole. I mean, he like I think he bogeyed two, three, and four. He had a one shot lead. I believe going into Sunday, he had played great. I think uh, Thursday he had like a 63 colonial he's won there before everybody, you know, he's the hometown kid, hometown ish. Everybody is behind him and he goes in there and it, it's basically a two man race. It was him and Kokrak mm-hmm. and um, Kokrak didn't have it either, but Spieth was just awful. Like missing every fairway, didn't have his distances down with wedges, flying greens, couldn't couldn't buy a putt. It, it was one of the worst rounds you'll see from him. Yeah. And, um, you know, just it was, needed, he just kind of needed to show up and uh, not not absolutely fall apart to win that. Yeah, speed shot seventy three. Um, and I mean, as bad as he played, he was he was in it till eighteen. He needed a birdie, but again, he he wiped it right as he often does on his misses and uh, missed the fairway. But yeah, that was disappointing. Do you um, think uh, I had I had plenty of Spieth Spieth memes queued up ready to rock, and then I uh, just kind of holstered him. You think Spieth was distracted by those god awful hideous jackets that the Colonial rocks? Dude, those are swag. They're not. I, no, I get those are that pretty. Those are pretty terrible. It's trying we too hard. I get it. It's like, oh, this is our thing. This is our tradition. Like, okay, dial that son of a bitch back a little bit. Like, go with houndstooth or something. Like, or I, I don't know. But that's that like Christmas pattern jacket is so stupid. 
They should go with the uh, they should go with the Phil the Phil Mickelson uh, what whoever did I don't know who that interview is with from a few years ago where he's just rocking the leather jacket. They should just go with a black leather jacket with the motorcycle and strap. The truck the truck that he won too. I don't even know what kind of truck that was, but the most unpractical vehicle possible. I don't know I don't know what you do with that thing. You just immediately sell it. it well, you keep really the truck it. nuts that it's were definitely on there for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think you have to put truck nuts on it. That's that's kind of like part of the ceremony. They give you the trophy, then they give you the nuts, and you have to go hang them in front of everybody. It's just it's a photo op. It's like a ribbon-cutting ceremony, but with truck nuts. It's, it's like uh, the final four net cutting. They put you on a little creeper, and you lay on your back, <laughs> you go under the truck, you cut off the golden nuts, you stand up, and that's your trophy. Um Undoubtedly, that's something that Brooks or Bryson would do if it got them clicks at this moment, right? I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to see where y'all were with that whole deal because a lot's happened. Um, I don't, I don't even yeah. remember. Like, the video dropped I, last week of his Golf Channel interview, and then now we've got the match. We talked about the match on Circling Back last Wednesday, but we didn't really talk about it here. We didn't talk no, about it at all. All actually. of that so happened got, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday afternoon, right. Tuesday, Wednesday. So now you've got the match jumping in, trying to capitalize on the uh, on the trendiness of the Brooks versus Bryson stuff, and and now a lot of it feels forced. In fact, I would say most of yeah. it does. I, I still believe that they those two really do not like each other. Um, I think that's true, but I think they are both smart enough and have smart people in their camp to let them know, like, hey, there's a way you can make this uh, use this to your advantage, and especially with the uh, the yeah. PIP stuff. I mean, every I, I agree with what you said. Everything after well, okay, the post round interview with Brooks at the PJ Championship, of course, the the famous eye roll when when uh, Bryson walks behind him. That seemed to me totally authentic, and I totally believe that he hates him. He hates everything yeah. about him. He's they're both douchebags. Yeah. They're like they're like trying to fight over who's the who's the, the bigger douchebag, I guess. But everything since that has seemed like totally forced, contrived, and just a little bit, just, it, yeah, it's it just seems a little bit fake. Bryson is not good at social media. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the personality for this kind of, like, he's just not good at it. And his chiming in about the, the challenge thing, I don't know, man. Um, I hope it's not all staged, even though it's beginning to feel that way. But whether it is or not, they, they definitely don't like each other. I'm at the point, I think I came out of the weekend prior with Phil and uh, Brooks, like for the first time having anything positive to say about Brooks Kepka, aside from the fact that he is just absolute nails when it comes to majors. Uh, and there's nothing that can be taken away from him in that regard. But as soon as I saw that interview, like authentic or not. And, and apparently there was something that Bryson mutter uttered or whatever. And then it's like clacking behind him. I get it. Dick move. But like, it, it just seems so immature on, on Brooks part to like, you know, blow up the interview, apologize. I just lost my train of thought, blah, blah. Like, dude, get over at some point you're within proximity of one another. It's not like the PGA is just some sanctified organization that if guys threw blows, like you would never be able to golf again. Like, you know, NASCAR has it happen. Like, let it happen and get over, get it over with. If they're, if you're really about it, you know, this is worse than any like baseball run out there and hold me back situation because there's nobody holding them back. 
Like they, they have these kind of spats and then they literally just go back on their phones and talk about it later. And that's worse than any other like sports, you know, uh, altercation that, that you could ask for. Yeah, and they've they've had a face to face alter not altercation but confrontation a summit last <laughs> a summit yeah on the uh, on the range last year the year before I don't know about slow play and it was like I don't there was no footage of it I doubt it was very heated uh, I'm sure Brooks was insanely condescending but I don't know this is your class, classic matchup between a douche douche versus tool <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and and you know I, look I'm. I like to think that I'm not friends with any tools, but I am friends with some douchebags, um, and I might be one myself. So I I should fall on Bryson's side, or I'm sorry, on Brooks's side of this. But at this point, like I'm just kind of put off with both of them, and um, I just desperately need them to be paired together at some point because it'll be the most watched round of the year. I agree. And and if, if tournaments are staying away from that for some reason, then that's just, that's pathetic on their part, you know? Uh, Oh no, they won't. They won't. They they will absolutely get matched up at some point in the near future. They like to capitalize on stuff like that. We need that for sure. This is overall, this might be kind of good for golf just to get just on the popularity side of it. It it also just feels so put on, so staged. It's, it's definitely good for golf. There's shows that I listen to that don't talk golf at all. And they're, you know, unless it's a major and they're now talking about this, um, that's a huge positive. I, sure. Part of me wants this, wants the match, those two to, to, not the match, but those two to be paired together like organically. Mm-hmm. Like best case scenario, like US Open happens and they're not paired together, but they're both in contention on Saturday or Sunday and they end up in the same group. Like that would be sick. Do I need to – let me only rephrase this. A lot of the conversations I've heard about this end up in one place, and it's, well, how is this going to impact the U.S.'s chances in the Ryder Cup? Like, like I, I, it, it's hard for me as not even qualified casual golf fan to, like, get all up in arms about the Ryder Cup because I feel like nothing is more of a force. Like, I really care about this tradition than the Ryder Cup. I think it's extremely cool. I think it's fun to see, but at the same time, like I'm not worrying four months in advance. Like what if these guys don't get along? Like nobody's gotten along with Patrick Reed for the last three or four years. Obviously it's impacted things too, but still like, okay. Like who cares? That's, that's a great point. Um, Like you had Patrick Reed, like you had his camp, you know, possibly Justine, his wife from a burn from the burner account, you know, bitching about uh, who's Jordan and Justin getting paired together instead of Patrick and Jordan, like they were the year they oh, won yeah. it. Um, and so there's obviously those guys, Justin Thomas hasn't been, you know, quiet about Patrick Reed. He said some stuff. So there's, there's a lot of infighting. I mean, you know, these guys aren't all best buds. I don't think anybody ever really thought that, but it, it will be the story. Uh, when it comes time for Whistling Straits and the Ryder Cup this year, and, uh, that's going to be juicy, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I try, Mike. We tried to get tickets, and it sold out like uh, in two seconds. So or is that, that was cool. Oklahoma, or is that Wisconsin, or is it neither? Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Okay, I thought so. the original Mitten State, as Will would say. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Dylan, are you concerned? I'm very concerned. I mean, uh, the Golden Knights squeaked out the that series against the Wild. The abs are a different beast, man. And this is the first time I've I've actually sat down and watched them play. 
I think I I, t- I turned it on five minutes into the game and it was 1-0. It turned to 2-0 pretty quickly. I think it was 2-0 after the first period. I got kind of frustrated, flipped flipped away, flipped back. About 20 minutes later, it was 4-0. <laughs> And uh, I think I turned it off after that. The abs are, are no joke. Uh, I'm very, very concerned. I mean, hockey, hockey is really like anxiety inducing for me to watch. I don't I don't know what it is. I feel like it's just goals are so hard to come by. A power point, a power play that's killed is so frustrating for me. And then it's like, all right, well, now how are they going to score? If they can't score on a power play, they're, right. like, they're not going to score now. It's, it's just so frustrating to watch, man, but it is fun. It, playoff hockey is a blast. I, I get into it, and when uh, when my boys are buzzing, it's much more fun to watch, but uh, this is not looking good for my Golden Knights moving forward. I uh, got a little wager going with Klein, a little friendly, oh. little friendly bet. I think uh, a dinner at Matzo Rancho is in play. So Did he spot you any to, games or anything? Do I? No, no, no. And, and the uh, – I think that the abs were a two one in game one or two to one in game one. So they're, they're definitely the big time favorites here for good reason. That's a very solid team. We'll see how it goes. First, uh, is this your first Nathan McKinnon experience? Like really watching him? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Are you more it, impressed by him or sick. his sister's career on Saturday night live? It's not. No, no. And they're not related. Stop. <laughs> Isn't it. she leaving the show? Uh, I, apparently so. She's she's actually one she's of the, the best. She's the best yeah, one on the show, so that would make sense. Two. Yeah, game two's tonight. We'll see if they can bounce back. Not very hopeful. Who's home in this? I assume Avalanche are right. They were top seed. I I don't. I'm not yeah. quite sure what seeding was since the pod I system kind of threw everything off. Home ice, if that's what it's called. Home yeah. ice. Yeah. Well, who knows? I, I I'm interested to see what the. Um, Golden Knights, I always want to call them the Aces. Like, that's the WNBA team. I've never watched a second of them play. I know Kelly Plum plays for them. That's all I know about the Aces. And it's a much cooler name, the Golden Knights, and it always comes to mind. Anyways, I hope they pack that stadium or arena or whatever um, when it's in Vegas. I think that that's something that they have an opportunity to really uh, continue to highlight. Um, Games when they're crazy, thinking back two seasons ago in Las Vegas, like, kind of put that whole team on the map in the first place. And it still blows my mind that the Stars, with Ben Bishop out and with an injured uh, Jamie Ben and an injured Tyler Sagan, beat this you know avalanche team last year pretty yeah. handily. Granted, they had some injuries, but still. Don't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. It makes no sense why the Toronto Maple Leafs are uh, never great and why people <laughs> always think they're a very good team. And uh, they went up 3-1 and blew that series uh, to the Canadians. I guess shout-out to Western Upper New York. Yeah. My, my only updates uh, from the Maple Leafs are what, what Pete Blackburn, Blackburn is tweeting about. He seems to be very disappointed in their, in their performance on the ice. Wait, is he like a fan or is he like – is he Schadenfreude? Because like, he's a Bruins guy, right? So I can't yeah. tell. He's I, a Bruins I, guy – but I, I've asked him about this, and he says that he loves watching hockey so much that he he'll just watch any game that's on TV and like really get into them. And mm-hmm. the guy is just a hockey guy through and through. But yeah, uh, the Bruins are his team. I buy that. I watched the guy play like twelve games worth of NHL video game hockey when he's playing with like the uh, Buffalo Sabers and getting into that team. So the guy's all about all in on it. Follow Pete Blackburn yeah. on Twitter or listen to him uh, on brunch for more hockey talk. And he knows his hockey. Um, any other series that interests you guys 
uh, as far as hockey is concerned. Just hate watching the lightning. Fucking A, yes, I agree. You mean the name? <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> it does have me rooting for uh, Carolina, all because they're social media team again. And then other yeah, than I'm, that, I'm riding with Carolina. I am definitely pulling against uh, Montreal because until 34 years and like seven months old, I was not aware of why they were called the Habs. And it's just like some stupid bullshit French thing for called like habitants or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's bullshit. They're the Montreal Canadiens. Like just be the Canadians. Don't try to pick up another nickname and put it in your logo. Oh, KJ with a sports point. Bang. All right. Time to party? Time to party, although we do not have sports party music here. So we'll just go with, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll use uh, Rhodes getting a bath or something as our sports party music. Oh, man, can you hear him? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cute, though, Dave. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Nobody's worried about Rhodes making an appearance. Everyone will let you know that you pulled a Micah with the Yeti cup today. Yeah, that's my so, bad. Here we go. Here's the actual music. I'll do this. Nope, that's the wrong bell. I'm just saying. There we go. There we go. Kick it off, Juice. All, all the buttons. Sports party. We do it. We've got out of focus KJ right now. Not oh, that shit. it matters. Yeah, what, what happened, now. dude? There we go. <laughs> Faded KJ. Ah. There we go. Friday night, Mudhook KJ. <laughs> it was not a pretty scene. One of the two of uh. us may have tried to walk back from a bar in Duncanville last on Saturday. And uh, not that I lived that far from it. I certainly lived much too far to walk. Dude, that's like a five mile walk. You definitely live far from it. <laughs> you do not walk down Main Street in Duncanville. <laughs> Apparently you do. Apparently you do. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess I've got to start this off, huh? The Jacksonville Jaguars are owned by um, Shad Khan. Billionaire, made some car bumpers, whatever. His son, Tony Khan, huge into analytics, by all intents and purposes, Kind of a I don't I don't have anything specific to say about him except for I know the fans of like uh, Fulham hate the guy. Uh, he was pretty bad on Twitter whenever the fans of Fulham were upset at him for some moves they had in the offseason. But another note about Tony Khan, he is the uh, Vince McMahon of the AEW Wrestling League. So if you're watching TNT, you probably see wrestling commercials pop up during the NBA playoffs. AEW is owned by the Khan family, so they're based in Jacksonville. Um, what that means, unfortunately, is that the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, and Dylan's favorite University of Texas head coach, Charlie Strong, made an appearance on AEW Wrestling the other night. And it's everything that I don't want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the son of the owner made this happen. This was his call, this, this little video. I... I their Is involvement, I guess. I mean, in if you in the uh, draft like war room, um, Tony Khan's in there. Tony Khan's like the Stephen Jones of the of the Jaguars, basically. Except for he also owns a wrestling yeah. league. So that's how this happened. The event was going on um, in Jacksonville, and so they had this whole setup, I guess, in their arena or in their offices where Chris Jericho like uses a laptop from. 
Urban Meyer and bust it over the back of some guy. It's just, it's so bad. I saw, it's so bad. I saw someone say Charlie Strong throws like Uncle Rico, which I think is <laughs> yeah. What's going on there? Unfair. I think it's a little unfair, <laughs> but it, it, de- it definitely didn't play quarterback. We know that, dude. Dude, he's tossing him the he's tossing the, the footballs, and the guy's just winging them at that guy. He's just throwing them. <laughs> he's just smoking them from like point yeah. blank with footballs. That's one of the. That's got to be the first in wrestling. I didn't know he was on staff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of our illustrious staff members, and I, I assume what we're doing here with having Charlie Strong even involved here, like why him? Why not anybody else in the staff, or a player, or you know, nobody else besides Urban Meyer? As I, I, I forget that Jacksonville is not far from Gainesville, and Charlie Strong obviously was in Florida with urban Meyer. So I guess that's how the connection happened. And <laughs> either way, it's, it's not what I was hoping for. I, t- I talked about wanting all of the hype and all of the pomp and circumstance that the Cowboys have. I don't care about the on-field success and I'm getting all of the bad parts of what the Cowboys are about with all this other bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you uh, absolutely are. Well, let's skip down to the Paul family. Cause they've got, uh, I feel like they're more in line with this story than the uh, previous one. We can circle back to that. Yeah, so um, I, I guess I've missed the hype for this because um, I feel like everybody's calling Jake Paul out because they know it's an easy payday. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get, like, you know, at a minimum, like a million bucks to fight this kid. Um, but, yeah, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley has been announced for August 28th, I believe. Tyron Woodley, Dylan was asking me earlier, like, all right, what's the story with this guy? Is he, is he legit? Is this just another wrestler? Is this just some wash dude that's going to get just eaten alive by Jake Paul? The answer is no. Yes and no. He is washed. Yes. He's lost his last four fights. He's the former welterweight champion. He was, dude, he's a badass. He had a great career. He's probably, I mean, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but his background, just like Ben Askren, he is a he is a collegiate wrestler. He wrestled at Missouri, I think. He was great, but he definitely has more hands than Ben Askren. Ben Askren, who has no hands, Tyron Woodley, he has one of the you know hardest right hands in the division. He's knocked out plenty of dudes. He should be able to do everyone a solid and uh, wipe Jake Paul out of the boxing game at least for a minute. But yeah, this is this is something I will end up paying for, and I don't think it's with the. Uh, not own anymore, or not the zone. I think not Triller. I think they're doing it with Showtime. Yeah. I think Jake Paul signed a deal with Showtime now, which is I don't know. Seems better than Triller. It's uh, the world we live in now. But you know, who who am I to judge him? Like, I almost am happier about him signing that deal when I think about the fact, that, like, okay, Jesus and Mero, one of my favorite podcasts. Like, they have a nighttime show on Showtime. Like, okay, great, go go do that as opposed to like everybody forcing money into like an unknown triller bank account. Um, I, I don't feel as bad if it's just like, Oh, it came with my showtime account. Um, little inside uh, scoop on Tyron Woodley. That's only like four years old. Once walked behind him at an airport, man is not big. You can look that up. He's probably like five, you know, seven, five, eight. I have no idea what he fights at. Uh, I guess that didn't matter what he fights at his height, but uh he was full blown. <laughs> he fights at, at six foot, but he walks. He walks out. <laughs> he removes some vertebrae. Uh, well, he was walking around in a full blown like walker in DFW Airport. It may have been after a fight weekend, or he had a surgery or something. But the dude looked like he had just been like in a full blown like car wreck collision, 
because he had like a hip brace on and like to the point where I was like slightly annoyed and had to walk around him. But then I was like, this dude's kind of fucking jacked. So I kind of glanced over to the right. I'm like, oh, shit, it's Tyron Woodley. And I kept on walking. That's the story. <laughs> Man, I just uh, I, I hate that Jake Paul, I guess the Paul brothers together, but but Jake Paul is like gaining a little bit more respect in the sport. I really, really hate it. And mm-hmm. he's he's picking these guys that like they look like they're fighters, but they're kind of not. And he's pulling them out. I, we just need him to get knocked out. That, that's all yeah. I really care about at this point. And so I, I am interested in these fights for that reason. But if he somehow pulls this one out, too. It's going to be upsetting all over again until he finally just gets his bell rung. I think need it to happen. They need to see a door number three here in the sense that, like, we've all seen him knock somebody out. We're all rooting for him to get knocked out. And I think both of those are what brings people back. Like, if he has a substantial, like, point-style fight and he loses one of those fights, then I think he can maintain his credibility to continue drawing these ty- this type of attention. But... You know, uh, a, a fighter like Tyron Woodley can still maintain their credibility uh, as an athlete. So, like, that type of outcome, I think I'd be interested to see as well. I forgot about this weekend, though. Uh, Logan Paul's fights this weekend. Yeah. Um, God, I forgot about that. I've never seen Logan Paul fight, and I don't really care to, but, I mean, I guess I'll be watching it. I don't know what's going to happen. Um Kind of interestingly, like Tyron Woodley, so he one of the guys he lost to in the last couple of years is Colby Covington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colby Covington, who MAGA guy, isn't he is the the MAGA guy? Did a full he he's not real allegedly like if you know him, he's just doing a total heel turn, like a total bit, um, and it's worked because it's kept him on the the UFC roster and he's getting he gets title shots and he's a legit contender. But he actually beat Tyron Woodley a couple years ago, and I think everybody was like super bummed because they were like, "Oh, okay, Tyron's going to work this dude." And, and Colby's got hands; he doesn't have like he's not a knockout guy, but very similar strategy as uh, the Paul brothers, and that everyone will tune into a Colby fight just to see if he'll get knocked out finally. Yeah, which I, I, I'm I, I'm kind of more interested to see how Mayweather looks. I don't want Mayweather to get embarrassed, but I do want to see like okay, what, four years removed, three years removed from his retirement fight, so to speak, uh, being, what, 51-0 or 50-0, I think, was what he finished at after Connor. He had one more, I think. Um, I'm interested to see how if he can still move and if he looks just as quick as, like, yeah. seeing, like, Tyson even throw punches on a little YouTube video at his age and then coming back and looking like he can move around. Like, you got to imagine Mayweather's taking less damage and is closer to his career. It's probably going to look pretty damn yeah. good. You got to feel like Mayweather would not take a fight like this if he wasn't completely confident in his ability to defend himself. You yeah. know, he's not going to risk getting knocked out by Logan Paul. Yeah, true. And I, I bet. And I, 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 when this fight was announced, I'll, I still have the same opinion. He's not. He's not going to get touched. I mean, he's not. Logan Paul is not going to like squarely. He's not going to square him up. No, I hope not, man. I mean, you saw what happened <laughs> when Connor. When he fought Connor, like Connor, Connor landed a couple punches, but nothing significant. And yeah. like Floyd, Floyd has taken less damage than anyone with hit, with a resume like his in the history of the sport. He does not get hit. I mean, he, there, you can like it's to the point to where like you can name the guys who actually hit him flush, and yeah. you know it's like three dudes. Um, mm-hmm. So 
yeah, if if he goes down, if he gets if he gets hit and somehow loses this or whatever, it's you can you can bet that there's a fix in or something. Something weird happened because he this dude, he's not going to get hit. Yeah, he's the best defender maybe ever, right? It's kind of yes. on him. Best defensive yeah. fighter ever. Uh, last thing in the party. Oh yeah, Dylan, do you want to talk Tatis Jr.? We watched yeah. this video like a thousand times. Yeah, if if you're on social media, you saw the video. It was taken from seemingly the the dugout, I guess, of of Tatis Jr. going deep against the Strohs in the bottom of the. I'm sorry, the top of the ninth to tie it up. They're going to win the game, but it's it's one of the coolest baseball videos you're ever going to see. He just absolutely pisses on the ball, watches it for, I don't know, three, four seconds before he starts to even walk around the bases and has the the way he steps on third base with the most swagger you're ever going to see a player do. He's, in my opinion, he's like this generation's King Griffey Jr., but with maybe even like a little bit more swag. Mm-hmm. I'm just all in on this dude. He's so much fun to watch. He's so talented. Um Good for the game. I mean, he's just awesome. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Tatis Jr. And I uh, hope he has a, a long, badass career. Jr., of course, King Ify Jr. had uh, some injuries late. I don't know why I'm comparing him to him so much. He just reminded oh. me of him so much. Just from the right side of the plate. Yeah. I, I think it's it's impressive to see, you know, how many sons of superstars like this that we're seeing, like, you know, grow up and then not just be in the league, but – grow up and compete at such a a high, high level. We're seeing a little bit of that begin to happen in the NBA uh, with some players of names, you know, from the eighties and nineties and two thousands, like have kids in the NBA now, but baseball, like we've seen some incredible success. Obviously Griffey's dad was well before uh, our time, but Fernando Tatis jr. Vlad Guerrero jr. um, You've got what, uh, what is the other guy? Biggio's son. Biggio. Yes. And then uh, there's another player that's from, that was from uh, Astros that has a son in the league too, right? I can't, I can't remember. Mm. I don't want to throw you guys out there. Did did Roger Clemens son ever, is he ever sniffed the league? He hadn't broken into the bigs yet. He's okay. Yeah. Is he, is there a Clemens on the Texas team now? Uh, No, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, last note yeah. I did want to at least touch on. Um, I'm sorry, Dylan, if you got more, I didn't mean to cut you off. There. No, that's all. I'm, I'm finished there. Yeah, the uh, Naomi Osaka uh, story that's going on right now, the French Open, I think is something that is, is pretty substantial, you know, and it's a big story um, with regards to, I guess, the impact it may have on sports. Who knows? I've seen a lot of banter and back and forth prior to her announcement of um, – journalists and sports writers that I know I, I should say, no, that I'm close with people who've written for Dallas morning news or worked in the Dallas market. You know, as David saw the other night, there are quite a few people in Dallas sports media that you will run into uh, on a regular basis. But I've seen a lot of almost bickering, wondering about, okay, post pandemic, what is the access to players going to look like in terms of uh, NBA or baseball or hockey or NFL for that matter, like continuing to keep their locker rooms locked out and not having players have to do those type of interviews or limiting press conference access to always being remote. And so I think there's this pull from that side of like being concerned of like, Hey, we're losing some of the uh, face-to-face involvement and access that we had prior to the pandemic, even though there's no reason we shouldn't have it. And then you have a superstar like Naomi Osaka take the mental health aspect of it into play and say, you know what? 
I'm not comfortable for my own personal health to continue doing these type of press conferences. And they were like, yeah, well, we're going to find you. And she goes, all right, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> and that's, I, I mean, hell, even Marshawn Lynch famously showed up, so he didn't get fined. So, like, it's, it's hard for me to find a comp for this. Yeah, this has always been a, a thought of mine, actually, how professional athletes are obligated to speak to media. And it's, you know, it's not easy for a lot of people to do. If you remember Ricky Williams, he used to, mm. he used to do interviews in a helmet because he was just, he had yeah. so much anxiety about it. That might be one of the bigger well, ones. I guess he just it, straight up stepped away. And granted, his had some do yeah. with the weed testing too, but like he just said, fuck it, yeah. I don't want anything to do with the public spotlight. Yeah, so it, it's it's not it's not surprising to me that someone finally is like, you know what, I'm just I'm just flat out not going to do it. Feel free to find me about it um, or find me for it. Uh, yeah, good for her. And really, I mean, sorry, go ahead. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what comes. This this might create a, a bigger discussion about it, which yeah. uh, I think is probably healthy. I did not realize how much money that young lady has uh, made in her 19 years on this planet. Uh huh. <laughs> She's that was quite, uh, quite well. that was shocking. Yeah. Highest paid, highest paid uh, female athlete, something like that. Is that right? Over the last couple of years, obviously Serena is still you know dwarfs any person all uh, time, all time. But what she's doing in the last couple of years is because of kind of the path that Serena's cut. Um, if she stays on that track for twelve years, she'll do what Serena's done in twenty, basically. Um, I'm 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 intrigued to see what what comes of it, simply because. Her position was not that she wouldn't have done any media for Roland Garros or the French Open. She still was willing to do some of the uh, the buildup for it, the stuff that the tournament would still benefit from. It's just the open gaggle like press conference. She didn't want any part of that anymore. And it makes me wonder about like the we're talking boxing a little bit earlier. That's always been the one that's always stood out to me. You see like people get their heads bashed in, sweating, pouring sweat in their ass. So what were you thinking in there? And you get some of the greatest Mike Tyson drops ever from that but like or the uh the black beast my balls is hot like what do you expect them to say after fucking 30 minutes of trying to yeah. not die <laughs> yeah yeah the sport the sports media complex is is interesting because it all it all works together right like you mentioned boxing or ufc when there's like you know the whole week leading up to it you're doing press conferences mm-hmm. and you're doing a way they're doing the ceremonial weigh-in and the media is there and you're doing, you know, the face to face, the stare down. Um, and it's all to build hype for this one event. And obviously tennis is different and it's like, okay, would they be able to make these, get these, cra- these cra- crazy money from sponsors if, you know, they cut out the media access. And I, and I think they, they would, I don't think the media needs to have as much access as they, as they do have. And, you know, most of the time these things, they're not getting like, 90% of it, it's not a valid or not like a, a crazy unique sports bite or like quote you're getting from an athlete, right? Most of it's all just coach speak type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, it's one of those things you're just waiting on somebody to fuck up. That's what they go into it hoping for or to lose it's, their cool or to break down and cry. Like I, yep. it's, it's, it's bad. It, it's the reason we have a camera crew in the media there to watch the president walk up the steps on Air Force One. <laughs> For that one time, he stumbles twice. That's the that's the reason they're there. And, you know, to make sure I mean, guys win guys win the Masters and basically go on like a, a green jacket press tour and go on talk show after talk show. That shit's a lot of pressure, man. Mm-hmm. And that's not for everybody. It's 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 be you have to be wired a certain way to handle that that uh, kind of pressure. 
Like there has to be a significant bag connected to that. Like your yeah. winnings are directly tied to participation in these events because sure. you got to think that 90% of, you know, masters winners are going to be like, yeah, I'm mentally and physically exhausted. Like I'm taking a week off. Like, sorry, I don't care to be on Jimmy Kimmel and all that stuff. There has to be some other, t- you know, ties in there, which I get it. It all works together. That's kind of the world we live in, but sheesh. Um, dude, shout out. And dude, think about Phil. Phil just won, like, the, he just won a major last week. And he, you know, he's won a Colonial. He's a past champion there. And he still went out and, and played mm-hmm. uh, in a marquee group of Spieth and Daniel Berger and didn't make the cut. <laughs> but uh, it was still cool that he went and played. I'm not, not everybody's built like Phil, though. Phil's a fucking Did you, salesman. You see what he said after his first round? So good. No. He said something like like he, he didn't play well, obviously, and he was getting asked about it in his post-round interview. And he basically said, I mean, I just won the PJ Championship. <laughs> like, he's like, didn't care. <laughs> what, like, why would you care? Yeah. It's colonial. Uh, yeah. I, I mentioned it earlier, but before we hop into run it back real quick, I did want to publicly also thank uh, and congratulate my friend, Mike Marshall, a.k.a. Machine, who was gracious enough to hit us up with tickets, but also became thank a you, father Mike. last week. So shout out to his family, as we'd say. Mm, indeed. You ready to run it back? That was. That, was, that was quite the silent disco. <laughs> All right, let's run it back. The segment during which we talked about what we already talked about. Dylan pulled Trig finally. Uh, he will cover his brisket and truff sauce, obviously. Dave tackled KJ at the Mavs game to keep him from running on the court. Very cool. That's a true story. Don't, don't spit over 50 cent, but you can still spit on it bay. Uh, the Colonial okay. gives you truck nuts with your truck when you win. Brooks versus Bryson is douche versus tool. Love that. The abs are buzzing, and Klein will likely win a match dinner from Dylan. It's looking like it, yes. Follow Pete Blackburn for hockey takes on Twitter. I think it's just at Pete Blackburn, not sure. Mega cute scene at the roughs right now. You can hear Rhodes in the background possibly getting a bath. KJ is faded, and we need the Pauls, the Paul brothers, that is, to get knocked out. And that is run it back. Well done, sir. Well done. Fantastic. Fun stuff today. Fun episode. Good remote pod. Apologies for the uh, for the ice in the uh, whatever container I was drinking it out of. The bison. There you Had go. Fun today, guys. Yep. Good call. All good. Good call there. Fun stuff. All right, that's a wrap. Damn. Right. Well, that's not the right button. Hold, please. <laughs> I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips. Get big.